0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to Balancing Heaven and Earth Radio Show. With your host, Denise Iwana, on the Star Nations Radio Network.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Star Nations Radio Network and welcome to Balancing Heaven and Earth. It is so good to have you with me this evening. Wherever you happen to be tuning in from, all over Grandmother Earth, it is good to have you tuning in. Good to have you in the Sacred Hoop and a part of our Wednesday evening Sacred Space Gathering. Tonight we're going to be talking about. Spiritual integrity and the repercussions of malfeasance. Boy, there's a deep little subject, hey? (laughs) I mean, why keep it simple? It seems to be a subject matter that is cropping up a whole lot lately. Call it what you will karma, what goes around comes around, following the golden rule. How does it apply to spirituality and the spiritual path? Does it apply? to spirituality and the spiritual path. Are there exemptions from those rules for those that walk the red road or that walk the spiritual road? We're gonna talk about that tonight and uh, it's a great subject matter. First and foremost, I'd like to give a shout out to Delphina Cosme for an extraordinary weekend here at Star, Star Nations Academy East in Lowell, Michigan. It was a weekend that was, I don't even know how to describe it. From Thursday afternoon until Sunday evening, literally until Delphina and Lily left on Monday morning, it was nonstop cooking, shopping for food, <laughs> laughter, teaching, conversation, sacred ceremony, learning. It was just a phenomenal weekend all the way around, five days of just extraordinary fun. And I'd like to thank everyone who attended, who helped to make the weekend so special, so sacred. Um, It is certainly a weekend that I will never forget. And for those of you that participated in the creation of the Day of the Dead altar, uh, the altar is still functioning I'm maintaining the altar until it is time to recreate the classroom for Angelology and this weekend's fundraising event for my foundation, Gathering Thunder Foundation. So please know that all of your prayers and all of your intentions are still up and running and moving and grooving. Star Nations Academy East at the altar that each and every one of us created under the guidance of Delphina Cosme. Delfina is a Zapotec elder. It was great fun to be able to introduce her to some of my friends at the powwow, the Grand Valley American Indian Lodge traditional powwow this weekend. Uh, Gathering Thunder Foundation does what it always does, and that is that we help to sponsor the Red Road Sobriety Walk and also, of course, the Grand Valley American Indian Lodge powwow itself. And uh, so it was really good to get there and to see friends and meet new faces and new friends and link up with Tony Charette, who is a Star Nations magazine columnist. And he's written an extraordinary piece in the September issue having to do with sexual health. And uh, Tony was there, of course, at the Powwow. He is an enrolled tribal member here in West Michigan. And uh, so big shout-out to everybody who makes that powwow happen each and every year and to everybody at the Red Road Sobriety Walk. It is an honor for Gathering Thunder Foundation to support your work and, of course, the community coming together at the powwow each and every autumn. Hi-yay. Good stuff. All right. What else is going on? What else do I need to talk about here a little minute? Well, while I'm talking about Star Nations Academy, hey, we've got a couple more groovy, cool things coming up for the autumn. And that is Ancient Irish Shamanism, the week-long apprenticeship with our lovely, exquisite Irish Siobhan. Amantha Murphy, who will be coming here from Ireland to facilitate that. And then in November, it is our very own Minnie Kansman, who will be having a book signing event and a workshop here on November 4th, I believe it is, uh, for working with the elementals. And, of course, a book signing event for Missing manna. Lots of good stuff going on. This evening we're going to be talking about spiritual malfeasance. We're going to be talking about spirituality and probably malfeasance in and of itself. Because, you know, malfeasance just is part of what the world, you know, what the world experience happens to be. Part of the earth walk includes some things that are what some would call a sticky wicket and others would call pure evil and experiences that sometimes befuddle, sometimes disappoint, and oftentimes harms. So as we enter into that particular discussion, I invite everybody to take a really nice deep breath right down to the tips of your toes and beyond and exhale fully. Take another conscious deep breath into your body to the tips of your fingers and beyond and exhale fully. And one more breath to the top of your beautiful crown chakra, that halo, and beyond. And exhale fully. Paying attention to your body, to your breath. Difficult to know what's outside of our body when we don't even recognize our body. When we don't know what our physical body feels like, we're not often uh, aware of non-physical non-physical activity, things that are going on. Take a moment just to be in your body, perhaps to say a kind word to it. Our body does a whole lot for us each and every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week during this earth walk. And oftentimes we forget to appreciate it. Very good. Excellent. Okay, spirit says we can begin now. I always wait for the go-ahead before I begin the show. Spiritual integrity, it's not always easy not always easy to walk on the red road. In the Lakota language, we say the chunka luta, the road red, the red road, the red road way, Walking, walking the way of grandmother, those red road, those red road explanations and referrals actually refer to the veins of Grandmother Earth, and those veins being actually the mini wachoni wakan, the holy and sacred waters of Grandmother Earth. Those represent the veins, the movement, the life force of Grandmother Earth. And when we're walking in balance with Grandmother Earth, we're walking in balance with her balance, with her integrity Walking the red road, way or the way or the yellow brick road, way or any other way, in which we're trying to remain in balance with all of our senses is not easy sometimes in our human condition. Working all the time to bring into balance right, the winds of our mind, the waters of our emotions. The fires of our life, all of those things, all of those initiations that we go through in our human existence to become balanced in our thoughts, in our expressions, in the way that we walk, in the way that we think, in the way that we present ourselves, in the way that we interact with one another. That's all part of the human experience is for each and every one of us to to self-realize and to come into balance so that we're not swept away by emotion, we're not swept away by thoughts, we're not swept away by the fires of initiation, that we come to understand that we're living on this earth, but that we're not of this earth, that we are of something far larger, far grander. And there are times along our soul's path where all of a sudden we find ourselves in the presence, perhaps, of our first experience of venturing out into the world of spirituality or getting to know our soul a little better. And I'd like to begin with this particular subject, that subject being spiritual teachers. Spiritual teachers, and I'm not talking about gurus, because gurus are something different than uh, somebody who is trying to perfect their own self-mastery. Self-mastery is something that, I happen to believe in because it's all about mastering ourselves. We cannot master anyone else for them, right? They have to master their own stuff. But self-mastery is often something that each and every one of us on a spiritual path eventually says, hey, I'd like to be part of that. I'd like to learn to master self, the lower self, with the lowercase s. And during the course of learning self-mastery and learning what our place is in the world and understanding what our spiritual gifts are and what our talents are, what did we come here with? What medicines did Creator send us here with? Which medicines did we choose to come here with? We often find ourselves in groups of other people who seemingly are on a path to self-mastery, to self-awareness and self-realization. And oftentimes those groups In those groups can be found teachers, way showers, leaders helping to show the way. Helping to help others master self. One thing about in my mind, a spiritual teacher is not somebody who does it for us and isn't anybody who lays out a plan for us. If you do X, y and Z, then one, two, three is going to happen. But I do believe that a spiritual teacher is somebody who can kind of, you know, point that away, or perhaps this away. But the experience of going that away or this away is up to the initiate. It's up to the student. There are times along the spiritual path when we encounter teachers that teach us in what I refer to as the heoka, the contrarian way. Some teachers teach us in the way of the coyote by opposites. And I'm pretty certain that each and every one of you that's listening this evening, whether you're listening by phone or you're in the chat rooms, you're understanding what I'm saying about teaching in opposition, the coyote. Our teachers come in many forms, and they come in many ways. And sometimes our greatest teachers are those heoka teachers, the contrarian teachers that teach us about the light, through working in the darkness. Sometimes they teach us about integrity by not having any. Sometimes they teach us about our own strength when they seem to want to take our strength and our courage from us. I've experienced teachers like that, and they have been some of my greatest teachers. Not my greatest teachers, but some of my greatest teachers. And what happens in those occasions when a teacher teaches us in that way of the contrarian? There are some teachers in some cultures that purposefully teach in those ways and accept responsibility—accept responsibility for being a contrarian, accept responsibility for being the contrarian. And then there are those that, for other reasons, walk in the darkness, walk in the shadow. And I'm not talking about our shadow selves and Freud and all of Carl Jung or any of that tonight. You know what I'm talking about. In either case, there are times when people say to me, Denise, do people ever, do spiritual teachers that seek to destroy, that seek to be- belittle, that that seek to take from, that steal, that demean, that undermine? Is the law of karma or the law of cause and effect in effect? And the answer to that is yes, it is in effect. One of the harshest teachings that I ever received was Oh, gee, how many years ago is it now? Three years ago now? Three years ago now. I learned a great deal. And what do I want to say about that? In that very harsh experience with somebody that, not that I held up as a paragon of virtue, because certainly he's not a paragon of virtue, Uh but somebody that I held up as somebody who somewhere deep within them had some integrity and some underlying goodness, did something absolutely deplorable. And in it, I found my strength even more deeply, even more strong. And the difficulty in the past three years has been to watch this teacher undergo the ramifications of his actions. The law of cause and effect says that whatever we put out comes back. Or as, you know, my dad used to say, honey, what goes around comes around. We can't always dictate the time that it comes around, but while it's coming around, while it's coming around, we have an opportunity to utilize the teaching, to utilize the experience, to find our strength, to find the deeper meaning, to become the opposite of. Sometimes people will say to me, Denise, I was raised by the most deplorable parents ever known to humankind, and I chose to become the opposite of them. I happen to believe that sometimes we have deplorable parents in our lives so that we can do just that, and that is to become the opposite of them. For me, the basic premise in life is that we've come here to shine our light, I believe, to make this outpost known as Grandmother Earth, a planet of love and a planet of light. I believe that we came here to light the mother up, as they say. People say, oh, well, there always has to be polarity. No, there doesn't always have to be polarity. Why can't this be a planet of light and love? Why does evil have to exist? Why does malfeasance have to exist? Why can't it simply be a planet of love and light? I happen to believe that it can be. We're going to touch on that as well, too. Nashihe hey, could you please touch on teachers who appropriate spiritual information from indigenous cultures? and mis- Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're going to go there, huh? <laughs> yes, I most certainly will. Lily, our mistress of Oz, shared a wonderful video today, ooh, about ayahuasca and the indigenous elders from South America. Oh my goodness! Yes, I most certainly will. I may have to bring you on the call for that one. <laughs> What I wanted, you know, the beginning of the show here, I wanted to talk about the fact that we each encounter along our spiritual journey as we're just walking along, we're doing our thing. We're we're hopefully self-realizing, self-mastering, not just willy-nilly in the world, but you know what, really finding our place in the world and how does our light interact with the light of every living thing and who are we really and why did we come here? Only we can determine that for ourselves. And along the line, we can meet fellow travelers and those that are held up as leaders and teachers who seemingly have no integrity, are walking the path of malfeasance, of abuse, of manipulation. Some of them, I believe, purposefully do that. Some, I believe in their perfect imperfection, are learning themselves because most spiritual teachers are still learning. I'm still learning. I hope I'm always learning. And oftentimes the student who who comes into contact with a teacher like this loses their way or they give up. They throw in the towel because they had one bad experience with a spiritual teacher and they're done. And others, such as Holly, Holly is saying, still getting over a bad experience. I so needed to hear this. Yeah, I mean, it can take us a long time to get over spiritual malfeasance, particularly if it is something that has been brought on um, upon us by a spiritual leader. And, you know, I'm not just talking about priests or ministers, but somebody who says that they are a medicine person, a shaman person, a healer. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. And oftentimes it's supposed to be, I believe, a strength builder. Boy, I got a lot stronger after this last doozy. Also taught me exactly who I was not ever, you know, going to be. Also taught me about the courage of letting go and walking away from a teacher who practices malfeasance, a teacher who has lost their integrity. Some people will feel so bound to a spiritual teacher, a healer, a doctor, etc., that they will stick by their side come hell or high water because, because of some form of allegiance that they feel is necessary. Boy, lately I've been watching Leah Remini I like her anyway. She's kind of a spicy chick, you know what I'm saying? This whole thing about Scientology on the A&E channel, who knew? I mean, I knew, like, Tom, what's his face, is a Scientologist. John Travolta is a Scientologist. I thought you didn't really know much about Scientology. But lately, I've well, in fact, I haven't missed one single episode of Scientology with uh, Leah Remini and the abuses of Scientology. I'm sure that there's some goodness. And I'm certain L. Ron Hubbard certainly didn't uh, intend to hurt a whole lot of people. I can't believe that he did, but maybe I'm wrong about that as well. And sometimes it takes people an entire lifetime, Holly, to come back into balance after being in a system with a teacher, with, with people in our families, right, who are malfeasance who work in the darkness, who work with the darkness. (laughs) Gemini is saying, (laughs) she is good show, Dana. Yeah, Kelly Spencer is saying, oh, she is blowing it up. She is blowing it up. Every so often we as spiritual people get to be the person that blows it up, that calls it what it is. I have on several occasions in my lifetime called it out, called it what it is when I've seen malfeasance in practice one time. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was at a store up north, a beautiful store, and they were having a spiritual festival, a psychic festival. And I happened to be around the readers when I watched a young woman who was giving readings to people. I could feel this energy coming off of her. And so, yes, I became kind of like Gladys Kravitz in that moment. I was listening in. I admit it because I just had a really bad feeling about what was going on. Anyway, she had this magnificent table with candles and crystals, and, boy, she had the whole gig going on. Only thing missing was the dry ice, right, the fog, lifting up around her. And sitting with this young woman was a lady that I would estimate to be in her late 70s. She was still wearing her jacket and you could tell that she was very nervous having a reading for the first time. And I heard this young woman say to this older lady, whatever you do, never, ever, ever Pray at night. And then it got really interesting. I thought, well, I've got to hear the rest of this sentence. I've got to hear the rationale for that. So I leaned in a little closer. My hearing got a little sharper. And I heard her say to this older woman, when you pray at night, you're calling evil into your bedroom. You should only pray in the morning. Now, I looked at this poor woman who absolutely went ashen, who clutched her own chest, wrapped her coat more tightly around her, stood up, and ran for the front door. My guess is for the 70-odd years that she's been here on the earth plane, she's probably been saying her nighttime prayers, only to have this person held up spiritually gifted psychic person tell her that all of these years she's been drawing evil to her by praying at night. And I looked at this young woman and I said, I'll be getting back to you in just a moment. And I ran after this elderly woman who was running out of the store and I stopped her. The woman who owned the store happened to be a friend of mine at the time. And I explained to her what had just happened. And I tried to assure this older woman that certainly her evening prayers were not something that was drawing evil into her bedroom for 70-odd years. And she said, but, Denise, I've always prayed at night. I was taught to pray at night, and this whole time I've been inviting the devil into my life. I didn't know that. Well, of course, that's absolute rubbish. And as many times as I tried to tell her it's absolute rubbish, I'm certain that in the back of her mind are the words of this Person, So we walked this lady to her car, gave her a hug. My friend apologized profusely. And then the both of us went back to this uh, young woman who was reading. And I shared my thoughts with her. And I asked her, where did you ever come up with something so ridiculous? Well, I channeled that. You know, everybody believes that it's okay to pray any time, but I channeled and I said, well, where did you channel that from and what did you channel it through? Well, she really didn't have a very good explanation. She channeled something from somebody who lived out somewhere in some, you know, cosmic universe that nobody has ever heard of, from some being that no one has ever heard of, blah, 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 blah. And she was not so, so politely excused. From taking part in what was going on that day. And I often think about that older woman, and if she was ever able to get beyond what she was told that day, by somebody who whole spiritual person, And are there repercussions for that young woman? Absolutely. Well, the most immediate ones were that, you know, yours truly Gladys Kravitz was right there, and I wasn't going to let that just fly. Some people would say, well, it's their karma. They were meant to have that baloney. The karma can also be that I was standing there In order to hear that and to witness what was going on and to balance the scales, karma isn't always about, well, you know, you just need to let it be. No, sometimes we have to step into the fire, not just stand outside of it and watch everybody on the inside burn. Sometimes we have to step on the inside and help some people out of it. That's having spiritual integrity, knowing when to step into the fire, knowing when to stay out of the fire. I stay out of the fire because I knew that the repercussions for this young woman were going to be what they were going to be. The more we know what we know, the deeper the repercussions are. And you all know that we are held responsible for the knowledge that we have and the way in which we wield it. If you're just keeping your knowledge and your wisdom to yourself, well, you know, that's up to you, yourself, and you. If you are outdoors somewhere in the world espousing what you feel is wisdom, you are held accountable by your own higher self, right, your own soul, for the way in which you wield that, the way in which you employ that. And so this young woman was left inside the fire of her own making, I always hoped I was able to retrieve the elder woman out of that fire and get her to safe ground. And what do we do? You know, what did I do? Did I wish, oh, my goodness, I hope that she has a bad name all around town and she's blacklisted? No. To that young woman, I sent love. Why? Because in sending love, in sending light, Hopefully it helps her come to a place of balance and a realization and a realization about the importance of integrity and the way in which we wield what it is that we know or the wisdom we have gained from it. Neshi was asking about particularly indigenous Teachers, and I am going to bring her on. Um, Lily, if you could bring Neshi on, that would be really good because this, it, yeah, it can be hard to step in. Hello? Hey. Hey. <laughs>
0: It was like real quiet. It's like, uh, did I drop the call? Hi,
1: everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this this show, you and I have had lots of people talking to you and I about this very oh subject. Gosh. And yep. people have been saying to me, Dana, would you please talk about this? And lately, exactly what you asked me to talk about spiritual integrity when it comes to indigenous teachings mm-hmm. at, from anywhere around Grandmother Earth and how they are misapplied mm-hmm. and misused and the fallout that oh my happened. Gosh. Mm-hmm. What was on your mind when you were thinking about that?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's a pretty broad, large subject. And what was on my mind was a couple of things. That jumped out at it, and that is how some people who may have gone to a few classes with somebody, maybe it was even with with a native person, you know, and then they take what they what they heard or what they learned in that class, and they take it and they they try to teach it themselves somewhere else when they've mm-hmm. only had maybe you know, a few hours, maybe a few days of contact with that. And so they're kind of taking something out of context mm-hmm. because there's usually much more um, to a ceremony than, than what is actual, that people actually see. They don't see a lot of times all the prepar- preparatory work.
1: They don't mm-hmm. see,
0: you know, the days that it took to get to actually get to the the, the ceremony itself. And so they take what they've what they've learned, but they take it out of context and they take it and try to apply it someplace else or to teach it themselves. And you end up with um, it's just not watered down. It, it's mis, misinformed. You're misinforming mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, if you haven't worked with certain spirits. You're really inviting uh, a huge backlash. Yes. Yeah. And that was one. I mean, the one that jumps out. You mentioned it, hi, ayahuasca. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't get a chance to watch the, the video that um, that Lily shared, but I will. Um, you know, how many people do we know that have been to ceremonies where they're they're offering ayahuasca? and you know you don't really know how much training this person has had right there's a reason there's a reason why in those indigenous cultures um who, that utilize the ayahuasca in a in a ceremonial way there's only certain people in those those nations those tribes those clans that actually drink the ayahuasca not everybody in the entire clan does right and so um that I think that's probably at the forefront these days, I'd say for at least for the last maybe five, ten years, the misuse mm-hmm. of it. Mhm. Mhm. Um it's kind of like how um some people have taken the peyote out of context. <laughs> mhm. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so when we're talking about malfeasance, those are the things that, that kinda of jump out at me. And that's not even talking about about um people who take um uh ceremonies like the Anipi and take mm-hmm. those on a context and you know the one that that made it famous was uh James Ray.
1: Yes, Angel Valley, right? Arizona. Yeah. Yes.
0: So that's that's what uh prompted my my question to you. My, my Well, that's request. a lot. It's that awesome. is a lot.
1: For those of you that are listening, and you are thinking, well, hey, I was going to go do ayahuasca, please don't. If you are going somewhere where an indigenous elder, an indigenous spiritual person, recognized indigenous spiritual person, is helping you with the ayahuasca, somebody who is appropriately trained, and check that out, by the way, yeah. You can ask questions just because you see that there's this great flyer or promo on Facebook. That does not make somebody trained to lead you on no. an ayahuasca ceremony. And in the last month, month and a half, well, most recently, geez, a week ago, I had a client come to me who did ayahuasca three years ago. She traveled all the way south of the border, as they say. She was not with an indigenous uh, tribal person. She was not with a spiritual person from any tribe. She was with some dude that said that he knew how to make the ayahuasca ceremonies happen. And she's never been the same since. Mm
0: -hmm. She lost
1: her home. She lost her job. She's back living with her parents. And God bless her. She's trying to pick up the pieces of her life because she trusted She trusted, and when the ceremonies were complete and she was no longer in her body or in her right mind, the teacher, the leader who was leading this group of people had no way of helping her. I said, well, do they explain to you, did they explain to you how to help yourself if the ceremony goes awry? Mm-hmm. If your body, mind, and spirit is averse to the ayahuasca, and she said, No, we weren't given anything, Dana. We were just told that, you know, this person knew what they were doing and that it would be a spiritual, life enhancing experience. And this is only, I mean, you and I know more people than this that have been experiencing this mm-hmm. lately yes and so when we're talking about ayahuasca we're talking about peyote the fact of the matter is is when you are doing it you can ask the question and please do who trained you where did you learn this and what if i become sick what are the protocols for bringing myself back into balance
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what do i do Mm -hmm. then is there medical attention here are there healers who can help me if if there is a no to any of those, do not do it. And as Rob is saying in the other in the Facebook chat room, sometimes we know that we have a teacher with no integrity when we ask a teacher a basic question like that, and they get angry and we are dismissed. Mm-hmm. Ever have that mm-hmm. happen? Ever hear of it happening, Neshi? Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, is that um, what many people don't know is that. That if you're a non-native person, okay, and you're going and you you want to go to a class, right? And you ask the question, and you get this, um, as Bob, as Rob is saying, you know, the the attitude, right? Is in 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 native people, our world is really kind of small, comparable to to the um, the rest of society, you know. Um, usually, especially if you're living amongst the people, everybody knows everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so, if you if you say I would like to meet this person, I would like to to um, get their name. And if you can call down, or write a letter, or send an email, and ask, is this person truly a holy man? is mm-hmm. is he truly a medicine man? Are they truly a medicine woman? Mm-hmm. Chances are somebody's going to know them and know whether they yeah. are or not. And mm-hmm. the one that co- po- po- pops into my head is a couple years ago um, at um, uh, Minnesota University. We had to check <laughs> on somebody. Yep. And it turns out that the person who he said trained him, a medicine man um, from a Lakota nation who trained him, turned out that, of course, there's people who knew this man said he wasn't a medicine man and basically mm-hmm. charged this guy some money to teach him a couple of things and to tell him that, you know, now you can go out and teach this because you paid me. Right. Maltheasons. <laughs> Maltheasons. It's just plain not right. You know, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. and I do believe that eventually this is going to come around and spirit will take care of it, right? I do believe that. But in the meantime, we have people who are um, going through spiritual upheaval because of it.
1: Yes. Yes. A tremendous amount of it right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Teachers that are doing an about-face, teachers that are a whole lot of things that are going on right now. And it reminds us that we are responsible for ourselves. We have to be responsible for ourselves and in questioning, making questions. So often you and I both know somebody uh, has a title of some sort and everybody turns their autonomy and their power over to somebody who says they're a shaman or they're a medicine person or they're this, mm-hmm. that, or the other thing. We have to be responsible mm-hmm. for ourselves and to ask the question. And if a teacher will not answer those questions or is put off by that, probably you need a different teacher. For myself, yeah. I would walk away from that.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Rob, you made you a know, really and, good
1: choice by doing that.
0: Exactly, and sometimes it's sometimes it's really more about it's really more about bringing your own, claiming your own power, rather than, yeah. than handing it over to someone else. Yes. And sometimes that really is the lesson or the experience. And not so much mm-hmm. the ayahuasca or the peyote or or you know, uh, going into a, a, a neepy that is <laughs> covered in plastic. <laughs> you know? hmm mm mm-hmm. Sometimes it's more I was about, on
1: about you taking your power. Absolutely. I was on the on Pine Ridge that evening when all of those people died in that mm-hmm. sweat lodge mm-hmm. in uh Arizona. And uh, I was in the NEP with Joaquin and he said, I just received a phone call. Some people died in a sweat lodge in Arizona, and Crowdog and I are going to, we've been called to go down and inspect this sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting there, there were a couple of us in that NEP. He looked at me and he said, you are responsible when you have an NEP for doing it exactly the way that I taught you and nothing different. Mm -hmm. Because people died this evening, and the man who held that ceremony is accountable, spiritually accountable, for what Mm -hmm. happened. And lo and behold, as you know, when he got there, there were 50 people stuffed into a plastic-covered inipi. Yep. After gorging themselves they hadn't eaten for a few days they went fasting then they gorged mm-hmm. themselves at a buffet and they were stuffed inside a sweat lodge for hours on end and people were encouraged to stay in there and not readily allowed to let to be let out and people mm-hmm. died and they paid what $10,000 10, to be inside $10,000 yep Mhm.
0: And James Ray, yeah. you know he did he did um, he he was, you know, went to jail for it, I think, for a couple of uh-huh. years. Um, but, you know, he's out and he's still teaching, but he's kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the, the you really do have to discern.
1: Yeah, the spiritual <laughs> well, no, jail or the spiritual sentences.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's still even so harsher. I don't know what's happening in, in his <laughs> life.
0: Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that happens with this kind of cultural uh, um, appropriation of ceremonies, in other words, the stealing of it. And that's how a lot of Native American people see it. Traditional people, mm-hmm. not all Native Americans, but people who um, live their life more by the traditional values, they see this as stealing. They're stealing our yes. culture. They're stealing our ceremony. They're stealing our spirit. Yes. And, um, and this is the kind of stuff that really gives, um it it really is a it gives Native American ceremonies a bad rap when and pits Native American against Native American or Native American against non-native who's ever using the ceremony, right yeah you know when, when we talked about this thing with James Ray and my family, it there mm-hmm. there was some really discussions going around that table because, oh, my yeah. family thought yeah, it's no big deal, they should have known. And then other people in my family, a couple of my brothers who are more traditional, you know, said that, that this isn't right. They shouldn't have used it, period. It shouldn't right. have been done, period. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, after that, All the that experience,
1: experience, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, $10,000 a person for <laughs> somebody says to me, what do you charge for a sweat lodge? I don't. There are people who will make a contribution to Gathering Thunder Foundation as a Wopila, but I don't see any money that comes from the NEP or those kind of ceremonies that I do ever. But if somebody Mm -mm. says, can I make a contribution on behalf of the children and the elders? Yes, absolutely, because it Mm -hmm. goes back to help the people who these ceremonies belong to. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why ceremonies are done is for the betterment of everybody. But it was after that time with with James Ray then that, and you know that I carry a letter, interestingly, Mm -hmm. from the department, the U.S. Department of the Interior. And I have a letter that states that I have been trained. I have been sanctioned to do these ways Mm -hmm. in a good Mm -hmm. way. And what a mm-hmm. sad day when my, when my nephew said to me, Auntie, you better carry this around because things are the hammer is really coming down on people for practicing these ways and hurting people. So sure mm-hmm. enough, I have this letter you know, from the Department of the Interior that gives mm-hmm. me the, you know, the good graces to do so. But a mm-hmm. lot of people don't care about that, and they're out there doing so, including some mm-hmm. Native people. You know, a couple of yeah. weeks ago, one of my relatives was in a sweat lodge. And he ended up losing a couple of toes. Oh, my he
0: gosh. He was so
1: badly burned inside the inipi that he was in, and he has diabetes, he lost two toes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They had to be taken off. Mm-hmm. Nowhere have, was I ever taught by anyone, whether it was Joaquin or Arvo Looking Horse, that anyone should ever be injured. And when somebody suggested, well, maybe it was his karma because he hasn't been a really good person his whole life. Maybe it was his karma that he should lose two of his toes. I said, are you kidding me? You don't oh lose two toes or any body part when you're going into a sacred ceremony or a house of prayer.
0: That's right. No,
1: I disagree with that. And so it was ego that made that in so hot that he was mm-hmm. scalded and ended up losing two of his toes. I think he's down yeah. to like only having four toes. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. So there, is, there's an, there are integrity issues, and you and I both know, because we talk about this, that for the person holding the ceremony, and I don't care if you're a Catholic priest or you're a medicine person, when you are malfeasant in utilizing your title or your position to harm others or to inflate mm-hmm. your ego – you know narcissists are found in a whole lot of places
0: that's right
1: the wheel comes right back around and so when when the fry bread slaps the side of your head for being (laughs) malfeasant how does the fry bread sometimes slap us for being that way neshi (laughs) it hurts especially when it's hot um yeah it's
0: and usually, standing standing behind that, that fry bread is either going to be an auntie or a grandma, wielding it. You're not going to find uncle or or grandpa behind that fry bread. It's going to be one of your your women relatives behind it, um, because they're the ones that cooked it, right? Um, there's, I'm sorry, guys, but that's that's kind of Indian humor there with fry bread. Um, the thing is, is that <laughs> um, that yes. That that what comes around goes around, you know, and some of those those axioms that we all believe in um, as as above, so below, as within so without, and it's going to come back around, so if you treat people good and if you use your gifts and your talents and your skills in a good way, that's what's going to come to you if you're using it uh, for the ego and for gain, um, that's going to come back to you too. And a mm-hmm. lot of times you won't even see it coming. It's, that's why they call mm-hmm. them accidents. Those, those <laughs> in the back of the head, you know, wow. Um, now there's, there's one piece, uh, Nami that I need to, I wanted to mention to you because it keeps going around and round and round. They keep my, my guys keep saying it over and over. So I'm, I'm going to say it so they'll be quiet. Um, is we all know that when the church went from continent to continent and their missions to to change pagans into Christians, right? And how mm-hmm. the church built upon the pagan um temples and holy places trying to to take over and the control of the people, right mm-hmm. we all know we've all heard those those stories from from that era um, in many ways you know and, and everybody knows that happened here in, in, on Turtle Island too. but what my guys are saying to me is that we, ha- we also have to look at it from from this perspective is that when when we're taking out a context. Information and ceremony, we really are pushing aside the the um the cultures that these traditions were handed down to. Yes. Yeah. So it is kind of like building a church over a holy well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, a and it, and it of tough, stones.
0: Yes. And so it's not to say that we're not meant to experience certain aspects we are, but it's not necessarily that we're we have to go out there and teach it once we've experienced it. Right. Maybe it is more about our our personal growth and our personal healing.
1: Mhm, yes, and so Neshi, how do you feel about when sometimes people will say, "Well, you know it's karma the the fact that he lost two toes." Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's his karma with the medicine person. That's just, you know, that's how the mop flops because somewhere, somewhere along the line, you know, and so the, the, the medicine person was the person that was dealing the fry bread in this case. So Mm -hmm. if he'd have been a better person, he would still have two more toes. How do you Mm -hmm. feel about that? Is that true? Is there truth to that? I, in my
0: heart, I say, No. You know, because the first thing that we're taught is to do no harm. Right. Because you, ha- you have to make a choice. As, as a, a medicine person, you have to make a choice in how you're going to use your medicine or the medicine. Right. You're either going to use it in a good way, which is good medicine, or you're going to use it in a bad way, which is bad medicine. Right. Mhm. And so if, if you're hurting somebody, then I would say that's bad, <laughs> you know. Mhm. Yes. You know, if yes. if if your nephew if it it was his to experience um that part of diabetes, you know, it may it may not have involved anybody else but himself. Right? You know, his, his diet mm-hmm. um, being out in the cold too long, Mhm. working outside. Uh huh. You know, it would have, it could have come about in in that respect. Right. It didn't have to be helped along by somebody who. Who may be misusing, power. Right. Misusing medicine. Right. Mhm.
1: Jocelyn is saying in the Facebook chat room, most sweat lodges ask if you have any medical problems, and then, and then decide if you should go. Yeah and then decide if you should go in. I always ask people and tell people you don't have to be on the inside. If you have a breathing problem or claustrophobia or any such thing, stay on the outside. It's beautiful on the outside of the NEP, just as it is on the inside of the NEP. And I always Mm -hmm. say to people, this is not a torture chamber. It is a house of prayer. And at any time, if you feel you need to leave, you are welcome to do so because it is a house of prayer. And in the ayahuasca ceremonies, I have a friend who has been doing ayahuasca ceremonies or participating in them for decades. And for her, the ceremonies have been beautiful. Mm -hmm. They've been deep, rich and meaningful, but always held by an indigenous shaman, somebody trained in the way,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: somebody who knows what they're doing. And, Whatever, whatever ceremony, whatever class you are going to, again, it comes down to asking questions. I am certainly not ever offended by somebody who asks me in a good way, not in a, you know, snotty, crappy way that trained you anyway. Right. right. You know, there are ways to ask people that are going to be conducive to having conversation, and there are ways of asking people questions that are going to be off-putting straight away. But if somebody asked me the question, well, you were there in the house the day that uh, somebody asked, well, you said, you ask her about that bundle. Mm-hmm. Ask Dana yeah. about where she got that bundle. Mm-hmm. There was somebody questioning my medicine bundle. And yep. Neshi looked at this man and said, ask her. She'll tell you where she got that bundle and how mm-hmm. it came to her and then he mm-hmm. made an additional phone call to somebody locally cuz he didn't know me very well and she explained it further and mm-hmm. i'm okay with that i'm perfectly okay with that because i would rather have somebody ask an honest question than assume
0: mm-hmm.
1: and go by their assumption so mm-hmm. if any teacher or spiritual leader is you know upset by an honest question that is a huge red flag and for for those of you that are wondering well you know, um, I went to one of your NEPs, Dana. Can I, you know, can I pour a lodge now? You were there when somebody actually asked oh me that God. question. Yeah. You and yep. I were co-facilitating a workshop and somebody asked, mm-hmm. uh, in effect, after I attend the NEP, then am I able to go home and duplicate that? Yep. The answer to that yep. is no.
0: <laughs> and why I think is it was that, now, she
1: Talk about that. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that was the same class that, uh, was that the healing weekend? I don't yeah. remember. But, the, yeah, and that was the same one that when we were doing the the around the table healing, I was asked if they could use that when they went home. It's like, no, you haven't. And they asked me for for the music and everything, and I said, no, because you haven't been trained in it. Mhm. That's like putting a loaded gun in somebody's hand, And if you ask me. I know that's
1: kind of dramatic,
0: but... No, okay. mm-hmm.
1: What did, what did you ask me? I'm sorry. Um what I was asking about is, you know, what happens? Because listen, if I were to say to her and she wouldn't know any better, well yeah, you can go home and do that. She's assuming then that she has the authority from me to do that. And, and if she would she were be to sent. go and yeah, and to go and do that thinking, "Well, I received the blessing." Mhm. There's there's ignorance Ignorance there in that she didn't know mm-hmm. that she needed more training. She would think, Well, I can do this. And I was told, Yes, I can. So, what are the ramifications then for somebody who is misinformed? Yeah, you can go and do that.
0: Oh my gosh. There's so many ramifications because there's the, the side of the, um, the teacher or the medicine person who's pouring and they just, you know, just kind of say, Yeah, sure, go ahead. They have their own responsibilities to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the responsibility of the person who wants to um, use that ceremony, and I'm going to call it out of context because they don't have the full information mm-hmm. about what it takes to hold that ceremony, and mm-hmm. the kind of kind of energy that they have to be able to to hold that container. Yes. They have to be able to hold that wattage. And if they don't, there's a lot of ramifications just on themselves alone, the backlash from that. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, you know, Saturday at class, Delphina, uh, when she opened up the altar, the Day of the Dead altar, she prayed. She stood right there in that beautiful flower pathway and she prayed to open the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And when it was complete and we closed um, the class at the academy, she closed. She had a closing ceremony and a closing prayer.
0: Mm.
1: I would never pretend to know what it was that she was praying to open or to close the ceremony that she did. Mm -hmm. But it was full circle. It was exquisite. Clearly, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, it was just, it was a beautiful class. But for those people um, that are ill prepared, and I think that, you know, really all of us know um, to some degree when we are absolutely positively not prepared to hold a, hold a ceremony. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And there are a lot
1: of reasons why people then go ahead and hold a ceremony. But I have been in sweat lodges where people have become ill. I have been in house ceremonies where uh, the ramifications have been horrible. Because, yes, there is a wattage that we hold when we have ceremony. It was interesting when Delphina opened up the altar and began the ceremony, many cansmen watched a beautiful, mm-hmm. brilliant, light Spirit being come across the academy classroom and directly into the altar. Mm. to bless it and to open it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There is a frequency, there is a wattage to every ceremony that is held. That's right. And if the person doesn't know how to hold the wattage, how to conduct the ceremony, or to work with the spirits, you know, when we're talking about sweat lodge or NEP, uh, there are mm-hmm. spirits that are part of that ceremony that you need to be familiar with. You need to know what they do, what they don't do, how to invite them in, how to let them go mm-hmm. and release them back to spirit when you're done. And the reason that mm-hmm. I'm saying this, Nesh, you know and I know both, A lot of people out there saying they're holding sweat lodge ceremonies and it ain't nothing like a sweat lodge. And so I would urge you if you are holding some ceremony and because it kind of looks like an igloo and it deals with, you know, steamy stones, if you have not been taught in the tradition of Native North America, I would urge you to call it something different than a sweat lodge. Exactly. Exactly. Because there are indigenous people. probably offended people people
0: there. No, that's okay. They can be offended. Um, Because there's there's indigenous people from all over the world. And every indigenous tribe, every tribe had ceremonies. They had drums. um, They had something similar to a sweat lodge. And in their own language, they have a word or a phrase that describes that. And that's the word or the phrase they should be using. Not necessarily uh, a North and Native American um, phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Call it what Mm -hmm. it is, not what it isn't.
1: Right. Right. Naked people around hot rocks, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But if you label it sweat lodge. Um, that, you know, it's not, as you say, the Native American term. There are many terms based on the tribe. But people are going to assume, correctly or incorrectly, oh, sweat lodge. So that means that there's going to be a spiritual integrity of one form or another.
0: Uh huh.
1: And so if it's not that, you know, if you could call it something different, because, boy, I've had more people ask me, well, do you bring in the crystals and the rainbow, whatever, whatevers, and do we all sit yes. around naked and do we all rattle and drum and rock? And, no, <laughs> no. Well, the sweat lodges I've been to, that's what we do. We sit around naked and blah, blah. Well, that's nice, but that's not a sweat lodge, at least not no. according to anyone that I know in Native America. Of course, you know, what do no. I know? But, yeah.
0: Well, and, and even with that, even within Native America, there's there's a, a Lakota way of conducting a sweat lodge, Nunami. In there's, there is a Ho Chunk way of conducting.
1: Yes,
0: you know the Onondaga have a certain way, and so you know it's not it's not exactly the same. Very similar, mm-hmm. but you know, right. you, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I wanted to say something because I'm watching the chat room, and um, maybe there's I think there's maybe one or two people in the chat room that, that don't know who I am. <laughs> we probably should oh, introduce. Okay. So I'm Neshi Lokots I am Dana's business partner We are co-founders of Star Nation's organization Which covers the magazine, the radio, the advisors, and the academy And so, Mm -hmm. um, and I I really, I'm I'm so glad I'm here on a Wednesday I haven't been back on a Wednesday night in quite some time And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad to be here tonight To to be able to listen Mm -hmm. to the show and participate um, and mm-hmm. so th- that's why that's why it might look like it was a call-in show, but it's not. Not tonight, anyway. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. that I, I asked a certain question uh, for the malfeasance part from native from the Native culture to be addressed, and Dana invited me to come and be on the show with her to call mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. that's
1: why. Nessie here. and I have been in ceremony, and when we're talking about uh, ceremonies uh, recently when my three sisters were here, My four sisters, Cheryl was here this time as well. Uh, Neshi and I have undergone the hunkapi, the making of the relatives. Mm -hmm. And I've undergone the making of the relatives with uh, uh, Della and Delmarie and Barbara and Cheryl. And even in that ceremony, what came up uh, was a recent making of the relatives ceremony that I attended in South Dakota. And uh, the ramifications of, uh, how do I want to say this? Of the, uh, when somebody just kind of fluffs it off, what do you call that?
0: Mm.
1: Not taken seriously. Yeah. The ramifications of that. Because when you undergo that ceremony of the making of a relative and then all of a sudden uh, you disappear, you're not engaged with your, yeah. and it seems as though there your was AOL. another purpose on your, yeah, your there's <laughs> another purpose was on your heart in the making of the relative. There is a ramification for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There is a ramification for that. Yeah, And, you know, why do we go to ceremony? Why does anybody go to any ceremony? Why does anybody have a ceremony? And mm-hmm. is it conducted in a good way or a bad way? And when it comes to spiritual teachers, let's talk for just a minute. I know we're over this evening. Thank you so much, Lili, Uh, for letting us go over. That's why I said, you know, 9 o'clock or so. Um, <laughs> what about those teachers that do come? to us in order to teach us in a contrarian way because mm-hmm. some people have assigned themselves to be contrarians we call them heokas yeah. in the mm-hmm. Lakota language
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and we have them too in Potawatomi um, and, and a lot of times it's so that we can see the stark contrast Mhm. you know and that's a really tough path to walk it really is and um because there's there's so much um energy so many thoughts um that go that swirl around a, a contrarian um arhela mm-hmm. and and really you know when you sit down and you really get to know them um the, the way they see the world and um the interactions with people and between nature and all of that they are the most compassionate people you want to meet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That doesn't come across that way because <laughs> they can really mm-hmm. kick people off, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. or, or, or scare somebody, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you, I think when you really get to know them, at the very bottom of it, they're very compassionate. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get to that point, but um, I think it's a really hard path to walk. And somebody who mm-hmm. takes that on, Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lordy. Hey, what about um? The, we kind of talked about this offline at one point, um, when when uh, Louise Hay walked on.
1: Oh yeah, and, bless her, you know, her And
0: she, I know, and because she she held such a frequency for a really long time here on Earth, and yes, and. The the platform that she gave to those early teachers, um, and then when she she left the planet, you know, um, we were taught you and I were talking about what happens when um, you have a teacher who, like her, has walked on or has decided that they they're going to go do something else.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: There, there. I think that there is some responsibility to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teacher, you just don't disappear.
1: No. You know? no, no. Not that you can't.
0: Not that you shouldn't. <laughs> well, but you can. That, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when we do something else, usually it's a, it's a gradual transformation, and as teachers, we uh, it becomes apparent, and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago. Gee, that's hard to believe. Uh, when I was brought on to the Red Road Way with the Chinooka Way, um, I was at that time doing something very different, and as Wakian would say, I was utilizing only my white mind. Mm-hmm. And it became very clear to everyone around me, my students, my clients, et cetera, that I was now going in a different way or adding to my way,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: adding to my way. And it wasn't that I dropped any and everything that I've ever done and disvalued all of my previous work. None of that happened but I grew and I expanded.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You and I are continuing to grow. We continue to expand. We continue to learn. We continue to become. Mm -hmm. We all do. And that, however, I can't imagine all of a sudden negating all of my students for all of those years prior to the Red Road Path and saying, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that I taught you, it no longer has value. No, instead it was not only does that have value, but I'm hoping that you will now find value in what I'm now learning about myself and the path that is drawing me near. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: How can this work together? How can it enhance? How can understanding be had? And there are those students who are like, I don't know about this whole Red Road thing she's on, but I'm grateful for what I learned from her while she was doing uh, Mm -hmm. the beginning work. Right. and others that are like, you know, hey, I'm I'm for the I'm on for the ride. Keep going because I'm learning right along with you. So there's no negating of. How do you no. feel about that?
0: No, I think that everything that we experience is a part of being able to offer our gifts in in a in a certain way. For instance, um You know, I've been performing in front of groups of people since I was six. And, Mm -hmm. you know, dancing, Native American dancing in front of thousands of people, you know, with a spotlight. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it helped me in my adult life to be able to be a speaker, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to stand up and and use my voice. Now, it it helped to form a foundation. Yes and it's the same way with the, with the spiritual foundation all of mm-hmm. our early early um classes and learning and absorbing because let me tell you when we first start out on this path consciously we're all readers mm-hmm. we read all kinds yes. of books and we absorbed as much as we were sponges yes why because we were building our foundation we we're trying to figure yes. out what's my truth mhm and so i see i see that as a building of the foundation it, it it holds purpose now it doesn't mean that you don't come to another understanding or a deeper understanding of it as you expand uh huh you know because one of the things you and i've learned Dana is that there is a common thread that runs through all of it yeah whether it's whether whether it's a native american traditional religion or catholic religion or episcopalian mm-hmm. or or buddhism or there's a common thread that runs through it. Yes. Yeah. And that's part of the foundation. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. My sister Della when she was here, um Della is now 75 Della Badwound. For those of you that have seen the movie Dances with Wolves, it was Della that taught the Hollywood actors how to speak the Lakota language to be in the movie. She's mm-hmm. also a retired nun, Catholic nun. Mm -hmm. And she and I were having this beautiful conversation because she said, you know, sometimes it really hurts me when I hear some of my relatives bash the boarding schools Mm. and that every nun and every priest is a really bad person based on their experience with a boarding school. Mm -hmm. She said, Denise, the nuns that I encountered when I was having a time of tribulation in my life saved my life. And I became a nun. And when I became a nun, I decided to be the exact opposite of every bad nun or every bad priest. Mm -hmm. So I took those experiences and I took what I felt was good for me and I bridged them both. And she said, I've been criticized on both sides. Mm Mm-hmm. But I know what's good for my soul, and I became the best Catholic nun that I could be with the biggest heart of compassion that I could possibly have. And I took that into Native America as a Native American woman who was a Catholic nun. Mhm. I just sat there for a moment. And Doesn't I could tell hug her. That, I did. I did hug her. And I said, Della, that took a lot of courage for you. And sitting around this dinner table right now, it's taking a lot of courage for you right now to say that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, in lack of integrity, we're called to to do that very thing, but only become the opposite of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. she said, you know, when I when I go into your NEP and I see that purple cloth hanging, it makes my heart feel good because I know that you walk you're, you're a, a Catholic woman, you're a Christian woman, but you also walk this red road and you've mm-hmm. learned to walk both of them. And so you've learned to, or you've taught people in the Christian world that it's okay. The pipe is a good thing. And you've taught people that carry that pipe that there are also Christians in the world who are good people. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I guess I'm hopefully I'm, I'm doing a little bit of both in a good way to be a bridge for all of that. Mm-hmm. But becoming a pipe carrier will never negate the fact that I was baptized as a Catholic woman and that I chose to come in that way. In fact, my birth mother made it mandatory that whoever adopted me would have me baptized as a Roman Catholic. So it was part mm-hmm. of my life script to, to be that. But I didn't, you, we can expand that. Everybody, you can expand mm-hmm. that. What bothers mm-hmm. me when, is when a teacher says, thank you for everything, all the classes that you've come to, all the money that you've paid, and I'm sorry for your loss, but now that I've found myself and I'm negating that within myself, I'm now negating that within you and an entire right. population of people and an entire community of people. I have a problem mm-hmm. with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know how I feel about it
0: because we had a long yeah. discussion about this one. Is that I I really feel that there's a responsibility. Yes. There's a responsibility to the community that you built, and you know, and it's not to say that you can't go and say, you know what, I I, I am gonna I'm gonna walk my path over this way. Right. I'm leaving everything that that I believed in and talked about with you here mm-hmm. and go ahead and build on it and expand on it. And, but I'm going to be over here now and I wish you well. I mm-hmm. love you all. Mm-hmm. You don't have to negate it Mm-hmm. because uh, what did you just do to, you know, thousands of people? Right, right.
1: And I'm just going to editorialize just because I can, because it's, you know, <laughs> my show. Because we can. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Any religion, any religion that espouses any form of hatred, racism, bigotry, judgment is not a religion I ever want to belong to. And, you know, growing up Catholic, there's all of that in in there. But when we carry that, if we are going to say, for instance, I am a Christian, if you are going to say I am a Christian, for heaven's sakes, at least read the Bible a couple of times and come to learn who Yeshua ben Joseph really was, the initiations Mm -hmm. that he walked through, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 what it was that he really, really, you know, came here to be metaphorically speaking and physically speaking, understand that before all of a sudden you negate an entire population of people. If you are going to walk the red roadway, learn something about the red road, what that is, who it is, where it came mm-hmm. to be, what that means.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I hear somebody say, I'm a Christian Um, I don't know much about the Bible, and I don't know much about who Jesus really was. Um, And certainly the Bible was never interpreted over and again. It is what it is, and it literally in English says what it was meant to say, five gazillion years. I have a problem with that. That's Mm -hmm. a whole show, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is, and it's one you should do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I really? think so. If you're going to uh-huh. walk that path, know what path you are walking and know yeah. who it is that you are claiming to be a follower of. Oh. And, what you know, one of the most pivotal times in my life was as I was getting ready to go up for my homblecia, my vision quest. And Joaquin looked at me and he said, I can't, I can't hold the energy for you tonight because I'm still sick from my surgery. And he said, you know, and while I was in surgery, I died. I said, you died? He said, yeah, I was dead on the table during my surgery. I said, oh, that's terrible. He said, but while I was dead, Grandma Katie, fool's crow, came to me. And Grandma Katie said, Wakia, she's learned enough. Stop mm-hmm. testing her. Stop testing her. And by the way, Wakia." Stop testing her about being a Christian because Jesus was a good man. Mm-hmm. And what men have done with who Jesus was in his teachings is where things went bad. But Jesus walked mm-hmm. the red road. And I looked at him mm-hmm. and I said, oh, my God, and I can't believe you got up off that table. I can't <laughs> believe that lightning didn't smote you while you were in the middle of that surgery. When you heard those words and he started laughing, he goes, oh, you're so funny.
0: I said, well, what did
1: you think of that while you were dead on the table and Grandma Fool's Crow came to you? He said, you know, I thought about that to myself, and I keep thinking that, you know what, she's right. I think he was probably a really good man and that he did walk the good red road. But Mm -hmm. what people have done with his words is wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, which
0: Which brings us back to that full circle about taking ceremonies and teachings out of context.
1: Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. So I said, well, you know, you're still here. You're not a pile of ashes now that we've talked about it he laughed and he said, remember, you always have to have that purple ribbon inside your inipi so people know that Wanikia is with you. Wanikia means the life giver. That's the Lakota name for Jesus is Wanikia. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are certain, sometimes I go into medicine men, into their ceremonies and I see that purple and I know um, mm-hmm. that they also bring the teachings of Uh, the life giver, they call him, into that inipi, but it has been an abuse. I mean, that's a whole conversation that I had with the Episcopalian Archbishop, right? And I embarrassed the hell out of my sister Barbara. She's like, oh, my God, you asked that question. In fact, she brought it up this last time. I couldn't believe you actually (laughs) asked that man in front of everybody at that dinner, but I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was at my granddaughter's uh everybody her confirmation as an Episcopalian. She said, Grandma, will you please come? and I said, Well of course I will, honey And the the confirmation took place in the in Saint John's church and that's the church that was there at Wounded Knee in eighteen ninety where all of the wounded uh children and elderlies and women of Bigfoot's band were hauled in there when they were shot by the U.S. Cavalry. Well, that church has been moved over by Barbara's house. So my granddaughter's being confirmed in there and she says, will you please come? Well, of course I will. So there I was inside this teeny weeny tiny little church knowing the history of this church. It was actually the first church on the prairie in the United States. Mm -hmm. I had to ask for the history. But here are all of these white dudes in all of their robes and their finery having this confirmation ceremony. Of course, my hackles are up, (laughs) which is ridiculous for me. But they're there. They're up. It's 104 (laughs) outside, 150 inside. And they have got on their wool robes, their miter hats, the whole shoot and match. So anyway, afterwards, I underwent the Inquisition because Barbara mentioned to them that I could see spirits. And so all of the bishops, the archbishops, the priests from all over God's green earth wanted to ask me about my clairvoyance. We had a wonderful conversation about the gifts of the spirit. And then I said, now that I've had my Inquisition, do I get to have a question? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the archbishop looked at me and he said, well, of course, what's your question? And I said, well, I don't mean any disrespect, I don't think I do, but what was it like for you as a white Christian man to confirm two Native American youth into the Episcopalian church today, in the church that you confirmed them in? Because I'm assuming you know the history of that church. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, Well, you certainly know how to ask a question, and you are not afraid to ask a question. And I said, That's right, and that's right. And he said, And his eyes welled up. And he said, Denise, it was not lost on me where I was holding ceremony today. And it was not lost on me the history of the church or that I was confirming to Native American youth into this church. Denise, what has been done has been done, and the best that I can do now is to be the best archbishop and the best vicar of Christ on earth that I can be. That's all I can do is be the love that Jesus would have wanted me to be now that all of this is done. Hmm. And and Barbara looked at me, and I looked at, and I looked at him, and I said, "Well, Archbishop, that's a really good answer, and I'm really happy to hear you say that. And the tears that are streaming down your face tell me more than your words."
0: Exactly. Mm.
1: That was a big I learning moment, I, I think, for all of us. I wish I could have been
0: a fly on the wall for that one. Really, you would have want to have been because, serving the
1: fry bread yeah. for that one because everybody <laughs> was looking. <laughs>
0: Well, Nami, I have to say that thank you for for inviting me on. Um, I have to go and take care of our Ina. It's uh, her bedroom. Yeah.
1: Aww, little sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tell I, her I listen, said
0: hello. I I, I I will, and I also shared with her um, uh, Delmarie's um, teachings about the star quilt. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And she was- yeah, so she was very appreciative mm-hmm. of that. So thanks everybody for for uh being with me tonight on here thank you for for bringing me back on a wednesday night
1: (laughs) oh yeah thanks for joining in in the conversation it was a good conversation and i want to thank everybody who's listening for their walk in integrity because it isn't always easy it is not always easy and yet you know we do the best that we can do to make the world a more loving place With that, everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Mistress of Oz, our Lily Wolpila Tonka, for hanging in there for an extra half hour, Lily. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, next Tuesday night, I am on Be Live TV with Neshi talking about our new format because this is one of the last times that you will be listening to me on Blog Talk Radio or any of us for that matter. Good night, everybody.
0: Hope you enjoyed this edition, A Balancing Heaven and Earth Radio Show with Denise Iwana. On the Star Nations Radio Network.